We're talking about it. This is Hamilton Today with Scott Thompson on 900 CHML. Where are we with the Hamas uh, and Israeli conflict? Uh, we're hearing now that there is the framework uh, in place for a ceasefire as Palestinian Prime Minister submits his government's resignation, a move that could open the door to reforms. What does all of this mean? Arl Brown with us, Professor of International Relations, Senior Member of the Monk School of Global Affairs at the University of Toronto, and here now. Arl, thank you for the time. Hope you're well. Thank you. I'm going to ask you a question, a couple of questions, and I'm sure I've already asked you them before, Arl, but in North America, many are demanding help for Palestinians displaced by the Hamas-Israeli war. Um, why, why is it that Gaza's neighbors, whether it's Egypt, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, uh, are not helping Palestinians, or are they? How are they reacting to this, different from, say, uh, the West, North America? Well, they claim they're helping, but uh, uh, not in the sense that they could have. Israel could have, uh, uh, sorry, Egypt could have resettled uh, the uh, uh, Palestinians from Gaza, those who did not want to stay in Gaza. Egypt ruled Gaza uh, for uh, many, many years, between 1948 and 1967. Uh, Egypt was the exclusive ruler of Gaza. Jordan exclusively ruled all of the West Bank and East Jerusalem from 1948 to 1967. They could have created a Palestinian state. They could have resolved the refugee issue. So they didn't do that. And uh, uh, they are not uh, uh, prepared to do anything that uh, uh, resembles what happened uh, following the Second World War, where many populations uh, were resettled, when there were exchanges of population. So uh, they're have helping in some humanitarian uh, areas, but that's about it. And certainly Egypt is keeping its borders very tight. They want to make sure that people from Gaza don't flood into Egypt. So, yes, I think they certainly could do much more, but they haven't done it in the past, and I don't uh, see them doing it now. Uh, how can we help if they aren't? It's, it's difficult because uh, it's a very, very uh, tough conflict, uh, and uh, Hamas did take hold of uh, Gaza, and uh, just about every democratic country uh, acknowledges that Hamas is a terrorist organization that uh, has not only been a tragedy for the Israeli people, but also a disaster for Palestinians, and they must go. And there's no easy way of removing Hamas. War is ugly. War is a tragedy. Uh, and uh, we are seeing the effects of that because Hamas is using the population as human shields. They have a little regard for uh, uh, the lives of the Palestinian people. They're willing to sacrifice them for the fanatical uh, ideology. So it makes help much more difficult. When aid is sent to Gaza, all too often Hamas grabs it and uses it for their own purposes. And uh, this limits of age. So a great many people are suffering. And the loss of any life is a tragedy. And uh, no one wants to see people go hungry. No one wants uh, to see people without uh, medical care. But ultimately, we have to ask who is responsible for this. And, you know, there was a ceasefire on October 6th. This war would not have happened. But for the horrific massacre, which was intentional, deliberate, 
And uh, on a scale, so President Biden said that the Hamas massacre on October 7th uh, made him worse than ISIS. What do we know about, we're hearing more and more information about how a framework for a ceasefire is coming to fruition. Is, is that accurate? And also, uh, Palestinian Prime Minister submits government's resignation. Those two points, how, how, uh, how uh, significant are they? The framework is a framework, and uh, the details become extremely crucial. Uh, the contours of it are that there would be somewhere 45 day ceasefire, and uh, Hamas would release uh, uh, something like 40 of the kidnapped women and children uh, that they're holding under horrific uh, conditions. Uh, But it hasn't been agreed to by Hamas, and we don't know what's going to happen, and so we have to wait and see. In terms of the Palestinian Authority, the resignation of the government of uh, Mohammed Steyer um, potentially could open up some change, but I remain kind of skeptical because the resignation was handed in to Mahmoud Abbas, who's the president, who is in roughly a decade and a half into his fourth-year rule. He's one of the most corrupt leaders in the Middle East. He is a Holocaust denier or minimizer. He's someone who wrongfully denies Jewish uh, indigeneity in the Middle East, someone who has uh, continually incited against Israel, uh, and never prepares his people for peace. He is someone who said uh, at one point that he could have a government which would collaborate with Hamas. He has never fully denounced what Hamas did on October 7th, and he's using every international fora uh, to try to delegitimize Israel, and he stays in power. So uh, any government under him, I think we have to look at uh, with some skepticism. Are we any closer to a solution of what happens, what it will look like, what the template is for when this is over? Because, again, I remember Israeli earlier on in the week, or last week, said they were close to victory. They're they're uh, almost there. Is that accurate? Uh, they have defeated Israel, that is, uh, something like 20 of the 24 battalions that Hamas uh, had. But about four of those battalions are mixed in with the civilian population in Rafah. And so Israel has to get to them. Without that, they cannot eradicate Hamas. And what Hamas, of course, wants in any peace agreement is an ability to reconstitute themselves, which neither uh, the democracies around the world and certainly Israel would not find uh, acceptable. This is one of the uh, great difficulties. What happens the day after, if we reach that, where Hamas is eradicated, that is one of the big questions, what kind of rule there would be and whether there could be a two-state solution or whether there would be some uh, intermediate autonomy, whether there would be a period of transition. Uh, that remains to be seen, but we're not, we're not there yet. And there is still fighting in Gaza. And uh, we mustn't forget that Gaza is only one uh, part of the picture, that mm. uh, behind all this in many ways is Iran. Uh, Hamas would not have been able to do what he did without help from Iran. Hezbollah is firing rockets every day, and they are a proxy of Iran. The Houthis are impairing shipping and driving up costs of fuel and everything for the whole world, uh, and they are a proxy of Iran. And Iran is rushing to try to get nuclear weapons. So uh, a settlement in Gaza uh, would certainly help the people of Gaza and would be desirable because we all would like to see uh, the end of 
suffering everywhere, but Iran is there. Unless ultimately the world deals with Iran, the biggest center for world terrorism, I think the problems will continue on a large scale. Arl Brown with us, Professor of International Relations, Senior Member of the Monk School of Global Affairs, University of Toronto, and the latest on the Hamas-Israeli war. Arl, as always, thank you so much for the time. Be well. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900CHML and online at 900CHML.com.